Hello, welcome to Hidden Heroes, a podcast channel that explores local organizations making big impacts in the Milwaukee area. Brought to you by Honor Students at the Milwaukee School of Engineering, partnering with WMSE 91.7 FM Public Radio Station. On today's episode, Danny Scoville, Miles Aquendo, and Ben Jafoy interviewed Dr. Michael Carrier to talk about his life achievements and contributions. Please enjoy. My name is Benjamin Jeffroy. I'm here today with Daniel Scoville and Miles Aquendo, and we're interviewing uh, Professor Michael Carrier about the many accomplishments that he has uh, embarked on in, in his career. Professor, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Dr. Michael Carrier is a professor at Milwaukee School of Engineering University. He teaches in the Social Societies, Humanities, and Communications Department and is an advisor for the University Scholar Program. He is also a Carter Academy Fellow, and students describe him as insightful and thought-provoking. He is classically trained in urban history. So, with some research, I understand that you uh, are actually an urban historian by training, if I'm correct. You are correct. Would you mind go ahead and telling me a little more bit about that uh, study and field? Sure. Um, so it, it, it's kind of, I mean, uh, the, the, I study the history of cities. And more particularly, I study the history of American cities from the end of World War II to the contemporary moment. So what they would kind of call post-World War II historian. Okay. Um, and, and more specifically, my work is focused on um, the policies and legacies of urban renewal in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Um, and then efforts to address those legacies in contemporary work, uh, meaning stuff that's happening kind of in the here and now or relatively recent past. So real fast, I, I just have to ask, um, how exactly did you get uh, started in this field of work? That's not something that I've heard of too much in my very short life. So how do you, how do you get started into this kind of realm? Yeah, well, well, so I always have enjoyed history. Um, and when I was pretty much your age and a little younger, um, I was in a, a band that toured um, the United States a few times. And we would inevitably play cities because that's where kind of this kind of music was, was played. Um, and we'd often play in these really interesting venues. And some of them would be like traditional clubs, but some of them would, other, would be like formerly vacant buildings. Um, we, we, we played in a number of sort of just strange venues. And so it was interesting to see how different cities would use their built environment to do something interesting. As well as being a university teacher, he is also a author and has published two books, the second of which has only recently come out, and the, the third one is on the way. So I understand that you've written a couple books books and you're actually working on one right now. Would you mind telling us a little bit about the books you wrote in the past and then maybe we can transition to the book you're working on now? Sure, sure. So a book that I worked on with a friend of mine named David Shalaliel just recently came out and it's called The City Creative, The Rise of Urban Placemaking in Contemporary America. And it kind of does some of the work that I was just talking about, where it, it sort of looks at a broader history of how cities have tried to redevelop themselves, and then it offers a kind of um, alternative approach to that. 
Um, I've also done a children's book on uh, the history of urban agriculture. Um, and I'm working, well, that, that's, that, that's kind of what I've done thus far and, and, and written a number of, ac- I, I do a lot of writing for both academic journals, but also more popular or popular is probably a relative term, but, but other, other publications. Okay. So uh, you're working on a book right now, as we kind of touched upon, uh, what is that book on and are you writing it with anybody else? Yeah, so my friend David and I, who we just did the other book on placemaking, we're working on a couple projects. One is um, the history of an urban farm in London, um, and then the other is a history of a record label called Touch and Go Records, which is an important uh, record label for alternative music history. So we're kind of working on those simultaneously right now. The University Scholar Program which Dr. Michael Carrier is an advisor for, as well as a teacher for, does projects in the community for team building and communication experience. He advises many of these projects. So the the work that you do on placemaking has some um, aspects in both community building and social justice, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to think about it. Right. So how have you been able to synthesize those two things um, outside of your actual writing and in different areas of your career? Yeah, um, I, I, I think some of the projects that I'm so I'll give you one project. This was actually something that honor students helped with probably about three years ago. Um, and, and this was we did a, ser- a series of oral histories um, with Latin with Latinx civil rights leaders. Um, looking back at a long history of civil rights activism in the Latino community in Milwaukee. Um, Those histories then informed a mural that was painted on the side of a building in the Walker's Point neighborhood. Um, And that was done by Raul Deal, an artist at UWM, with a team of uh, high school students from high schools on the south side and the north side of the city, which are traditionally uh, seen as different parts of the city, and over time have become sort of the African-American side of town and the Latinx side of town. Um, the the mural, in a sense, kind of allowed for these things, to, these communities to work together and visualize a history of social justice in a really interesting way. Um, I didn't write, it wasn't something I was writing about, it was something I was interested in. And so we were able to do an actual placemaking effort with student involvement across a number of institutions. So obviously we know you the most from, you know, your, your running of the honors program here at MSOE. Um, so you, you just mentioned a lot of it, but is there a specific focus that you put on this placemaking aspect uh, because of your history with it? And is that where you got a lot of your inspiration from? I mean, it's kind of like if you, when you teach, I mean, MSOE is somewhat of a weird place um, and, and the fact that like no students can major in what I teach, mm-hmm. um, but you still want to be able to, to, to sort of teach something you're a quote unquote expert in. And, and I've spent a good portion of my now academic life researching and writing about these things. So for me, it just makes sense. And also when I first came to MSOE, I kind of struggled to figure out how to teach history. But then I realized since, I mean, engineering students really really enjoy a hands-on project, if there were ways to get students into the sort of field of placemaking, then it was a win-win for everyone. 
so it was kind of a practical decision rooted in sort of my belief in, in the practice itself. Okay, so you were trying to like synthesize that that tendency that we as engineers have to exactly. work with our hands with what you're exactly. trying to teach. Oh, that's great. Yes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And so, in a perfect world, that helps what you're reading about in the classroom become more tangible. Um, so they that that was the plan. Yeah. So did you start the like honors service project initiative? Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't start the honors program, but when I took it over, that became a part of it. Yeah. Independent from his work at a university level, he also works with the Wisconsin decarceration platform in order to help reform for better livelihood. His out-of-the-classroom experience often makes its way into his teaching. And then I also know that you are working in the justice reform system here in the Wisconsin area, right? The decarceration platform? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, would you mind go ahead and telling us a little bit more about your involvement there? Sure. Um, so as an urban historian, one of the things that I realized um, a few years ago was that you can't tell the story of a lot of American cities following the end of World War II without dealing with the era of mass incarceration, uh, just because it impacted millions of Americans predominantly in cities uh, throughout the United States. And so I, I, I realized that if I was going to teach history in, a, in an honest way, I had to incorporate that into my classes. And as I was doing that, again, with the idea that engineering students might enjoy a hands-on project, we partnered with some folks to do a redesign of a youth detention facility in Wauwatosa. Okay. Um, coming out of the connections I made with that, um, starting to work on um, re-entry work for uh, returning citizens, formerly incarcerated people, um, which then put us in touch with people providing those services who asked the honor students to do a pl on online platform that collected those resources. That then put me in contact with people who are getting out of prison um, and, and, and realizing um, a, how much wasted uh, talent and potential is, is behind bars, and then B, wanting to try to do something to address that when people were released. So the past quarter, this winter quarter, I team, I, I team taught my section with a guy named Shannon Ross, who was released from prison in September of 2020, um, while in prison got his college degree and is now a master's student at UWM. So just kind of, again, I think one of you used the word synthesizing, trying to sort of use my class, some of my work to be able to synthesize these, these stories, if you will. Mm -hmm. Are any of your in-class projects doing that, or is this a separate outside project that you're working with? No, so no, so um, we, I have three students who are continuing work on the Wisconsin decarceration platform. If any of you know Jackson Rolando, um, we just hired him to be the webmaster for the platform. Um, and we also helped, so Shannon Ross, um, started a podcast as well and, and and we had teams of students in the winter doing some research for some of those episodes um so yeah we've been able to in in i think pretty interesting ways integrate that work into into the class so in their meetings with this um i, I forgot his name but the the guy from 
UWM who used to be in the prison system. Mm-hmm. What exactly mm-hmm. are, are they are they doing with that time? Well, so, so I mean, so we we were ta- the the uh, the sort of emphasis of our winter quarter in my section was the architecture of incarceration. So we looked at the policy infrastructure of how you get to a point of mass incarceration, but then we looked at the actual architecture of detention facilities. And so what better expert on the, on those types of things than someone who spent, and Shannon spent 17 years in prison. Um, and also while in prison, uh, became an advocate, um, started a newsletter. And, and so we were interested in sort of what it meant to live in these spaces for a significant amount of time. And so Shannon was able to, to provide that insight. And also since he's been released, he's been working with a number of people on, on addressing the legislation that led to mass incarceration. And so he was kind of an expert on both sides of that architecture, if you will. Michael Carrier was a junior fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for World Peace. So I understand, I was actually talking with Jackson Rolando uh, to get a little um, information since I know that he's been working with you closely um, before actually uh, coming on to this podcast today. And so he told me that you actually worked at the Carnegie Endowment for World Peace for a year. Would you go ahead and tell me about your time there? Because that's something really interesting. Sure. So they, the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace does something called the Junior Fellow Program, um, which is essentially they hire a, a group of, of students right after they graduate from college to work in this uh, think tank for a year. And I ended up doing it for a year and a half because I had nowhere to go <laughs> and they were not going to extend me. Um, so, yeah, you get this really interesting experience of, of working under people who are um, usually pretty important um, public intellectuals or usually former policymakers who are now working for working with the think tank. And so you get to, to work with them, go to meetings with them, and it's kind of an interesting mentor-protege relationship. Um, and so, I, yeah, if, if you liked international affairs, and, and I kind of did, I honestly applied for it because um, mm-hmm. I didn't know wanted to do and thankfully i got it because to this day i don't know what i would have done <laughs> after graduating if i didn't have that but i got it so that kind of set and it also it also allowed me to see what it meant to be an expert in a field and i never thought about going to graduate school but the people i were working with were basically telling me if you want to be listened to it helps to have an advanced degree and so that kind of got me thinking and so while i was there i started to apply for graduate school um and then once i was accepted that's when i left um so yeah it was a nice a nice first job out of college so in in your career you've you've done a handful of things so far what would you say is your your magnum opus what are you most proud of uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably, I mean, the, the the book that I just finished with David. I mean, we worked on it for over ten years, and it's so it's a labor of love. Um, so, I mean, I, I think if anything represents what I'm most proud of, it would probably be that book project uh, with David. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been the uh, WMSC uh, podcast group interviewing Dr. Michael Carrier. Uh, Thank you again for your time today. And uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a good, good day.